This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Before we get started today, I'm going to talk about something that I think will tie perfectly into what we're going to be talking about today, um, and that is a brand new Bible study. It's well, actually, it's not even brand new. It's revised and expanded. It's updated. It's Priscilla Shire's Discerning the Voice of God, um, and I'm going to take a guess that most of you have either heard of it or have heard of Priscilla Shire, but if you haven't, you are going to absolutely love um, diving into this Bible study. It's releasing this fall, um, and, and Priscilla wrote this about 10 years ago, um, wrote a Bible study, but it never had videos. It just was a print-only study. And so um, she has gone back, revised and updated it, and has added videos. And if you have never done one of Priscilla's studies, you have missed out. Let me tell you that. Um, I cannot wait to do this Bible study. I can't wait to engage with it and just to to learn more about what it looks like to truly discern the voice of God. Um, and so, you know, in Priscilla's in Priscilla's own words, like she is going to explain what it looks like to really be able to you know, position yourself to hear from the Lord, to to know him more deeply and to really walk with him intimately. And so it's a seven session Bible study. Um, you can go to lifeway.com, find out a ton more information about that. But I would love for you guys to at least know that that is coming out and that's going to be something brand new, um, just that it's going to have a totally different look than it ever has before. Um, so we hope that you guys will check out Discerning the Voice of God. Um, and now as we just kind of dive into this episode, this is probably one I'm, I've really been, we've been toying around about this for a long time. Um, and my guest today is one of my best friends. She's also one of my coworkers. Her name is Mickey Pitts. Hello, Mickey. Hello, Mary Margaret. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks for, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Um, you know, we have talked about doing an episode like this for a long time. And we finally looked at each other a few days ago. And I was like, okay, we just need to do this. And it really has all stemmed from the fact that we, I'm I'm 33. Mickey is 29. Yes. And, um, you know, just we are kind of in that young adult life stage. I'm single, but Mickey is married, has a stepson. You'll hear a little bit more about them. Um, when she kind of introduced herself in a minute, but we're going to talk a little bit about, well, actually we're, we're not even going to talk. We're going to give you some unsolicited advice is, <laughs> but, is basically where this is going, I think. And so none of you have asked us for this. Um, but for some reason we keep getting asked to sit down with young women or we just find ourselves around young women, like young professionals who are trying to navigate life and ministry, work, calling, dating, all of those kinds of things. And, and it's like, we have these free slight therapy sessions with these girls telling that they're going to survive and be okay. And so we figured we'd turn it into an episode. So we've come up with a long list of things to talk about today, which I don't think we'll get to all of them. So maybe this will be a two-parter, um, but we'll see. But I want Mickey to introduce herself to you guys before we get started. So Mickey, tell us a little bit about you. Yes. Well, thank you. Well, it, this is really fun for me because um, as Mary Margaret said, we really do keep finding ourselves in situations where um, we're with some women who are just a little be- bit behind us, maybe in terms of, um, you know, they're just a few years out of school and Mary Margaret and I've been out a little bit longer, um, uh, or maybe they are just, you know, kind of trying to figure out what is my calling? Where am I going? And we just keep finding ourselves in these conversations. And I find myself, you know, not even just sitting there listening to them. All of a sudden I start, my mouth just keeps running and I keep telling them all these things that I wish I'd known, Mm -hmm. um, and things that I wish that somebody maybe would have told me. And so this is really fun for us today. Um, but as Mary Margaret said, I work at Lifeway. Um, I'm an event coordinator, um, and work primarily on the simulcast events at Lifeway. So if you've ever 
um, been to a simulcast before. That's kind of one of my favorite things. Um, and uh, I am, um, I've been married uh, just over two years um, to a great guy named Reed. And I also have a um, six-year-old stepson named Landon. And so um, as we talk a little bit today, I'm sure you'll hear a little bit about my story um, because I never, uh, this is not the life that I thought um, I would end up. I never would have pictured myself being a stepmom, but um, mm-hmm. God's definitely worked a bit in my life. So anyway, that's just a little bit about me in a nutshell. Awesome. Um, well, you know, let's just kind of dive into some of the things that we've talked about, you know, as we've talked with young women and about young women and two young women, because we're not that far removed, but I keep looking at myself going, oh my gosh, I'm 33 now. Mm-hmm. How did this happen? And, um, you know, and I would say like one of the, one of the biggest things that we've talked about is like the fact that there's life after college, Yes. you know, and Mickey, can you just talk a little bit about what that has looked like? Like, or how would you explain that? If you were, if you were looking at me, I'm, you know, 21, 22 years old. Like, what would you tell me? Yeah. Well, actually it's pretty easy because just a couple of days ago I was looking at in the face of this precious intern at Lifeway and I just was like, girl, let me tell you, there is life after college. And I didn't really believe that when I was in school because so many of the girls that were ahead of me would come back to visit for, um, you know, I was part of a uh, faux sorority. Um, (laughs) it's not a real sorority, but it's one of those sororities that's on Christian campuses and nowhere else. Um, (laughs) but, but all those girls would come back for these, you know, events and they would just say, Oh man, don't ever leave. Like, don't leave. Like college is just the best. And you know, it's just so hard out there. And I just Mm -hmm. was so afraid, you know, to graduate and enter into this real real world because I thought, well, this is as good as it gets. Mm. And, um, I have to say that even if I could go back, I mean, I loved college, had amazing friends and still keep up with many of them, you know, to this day. Um, but I would not go back because I have really loved the last seven years of the working world. And so it was really sweet when I, um, said this to the intern the other day, I said, um, I said, you know, I said, there is life after college and I could just see her take a deep breath. It was almost like she was like, "Ah." thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And I just was like, I promise you there is fun and friendship and laughter Mm -hmm. and amazing things. And God is going to keep moving in your life even after, after school. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's super easy when you're in the midst of that, because it is college in itself. If you're, you know, if you're going to a traditional college where you're, you know, living on campus or living near campus, you're involved in activities, you're doing classes, you're working, you know, it it is its own cultural experience, Mm -hmm. even just, you know, in that. And I think that it's such a ripping away to then, you know, maybe move somewhere and start a new job and find a new church and all of these pieces of things. It just feels so different than what you've been experienced, what you've been experiencing. And I think part of it is that you kind of have these natural friend groups because they're girls Mm -hmm. who live on your hall, they're girls who are in your social club or sorority. They are, you know, girls you go to church with or you know, things like that. They're really easy opportunities to engage and network with other people in college. And then you like, you graduate and you start looking around, you're like, how in the world am I supposed to meet people? (laughs) Like, what am I, what do I do now? And, and there was a lot of panic for me Mm -hmm. in that because I was like, I don't know how, how do I go about making these relationships and, you know, meeting new people and, um, you know, and it just, it's just a really interesting thing. It really is. And, you know, I think the first thing I would say to girls, who are about to move into this new, and whether it's this season of life or whether it's just moving, maybe for a job change or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're getting married and you're having to move to a new state. Like, you know how to make friends. You've done it before, Mm -hmm. you know, and that sounds silly, but I think sometimes there's this panic, like I've got my group of people. I don't know how to do this, but you know what it's like. And some of that is just 
it's, it's just putting yourself out there. And I, yeah. Mary Margaret and I were joking earlier, you kind of have to ask friends out on dates. If you meet, <laughs> if you meet somebody somewhere mm-hmm. at church or, you know, at work or something that you like and you kind of click with, you kind of have to say, hey, you want to go to the movies? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you because, to put yourself out there. Yeah, because you may never see that person again. But, uh, you know, asking them and kind of just putting yourself out there to say, hey, like, I enjoy talking to you today. You want to mm-hmm. go get coffee? And just being intentional like that can make such a difference. Oh, yeah. And it just, I think, it, it is, you have to be brave enough to do it as part of it. You have to be brave enough to ask somebody else because I'm even, I'm, I'm an, I am an initiator by like origin or whatever. That's just how I am. I'm, I typically will initiate things, but a lot of times too, people will look at me because I've got a, a big circle of people that I'm mm-hmm. friends with, you know, that I'm an extrovert. It's just kind of how I go, how I roll or whatever. But like people will look at me because I've got you know, they, they can see that I've got a lot of people that I interact with on a regular basis and they think I'm too busy for them mm-hmm. and like make an assumption. Like, oh, Mary Margaret is too busy. Like she's got too many things going on when I'm, in reality, I am the initiator of most of those things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm very rarely, I am very, very rarely the one being asked to do something mm-hmm. because people think that I'm busy all the time because I initiate things a lot. And so it's a, sometimes you just have to like take yourself out of your head because we get so in our heads about things and we just like start overthinking things. And it's like, we just make assumptions about other people before we even ask them. Yeah. You no, know? I think you're so right. And I think that sometimes we also just, you know, we have, we have the intention of asking someone like, Oh, I really enjoyed hanging out with her. And then you just forget. Yeah. You just forget to ask him again. Mm-hmm. You forget to get together. And I actually have a really um, precious friend who is my friend from college, but she lives here in Nashville. And she has just been so intentional about us getting together and maintaining a friendship. Mm-hmm. And I saw her just a couple weeks ago. And I was like, thank you so much for reaching out to me and just being so intentional. And she said, Mickey, she said, I have a reminder in my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you have a reminder <laughs> in your phone? And she said, yeah. She said, at the beginning of every month, I have this reminder that says, talk to Mickey about lunch. I love and it. I thought, I was like, I'm so honored. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> You're a reminder. I can, yeah. I can't, never been a reminder in somebody's phone, but I thought what amazing, like, you know, intentionality that she has yeah. to, um, to just remember me and mm-hmm. to reach out. And I was like, Hey, if you meet someone and you're really wanting to develop a friendship, but you feel like you're scatterbrained and you yeah. forget to invite, like put a reminder in your phone. When I first moved to Nashville five years ago, I made a list of people that I could ask to hang out with me on my phone. Because I, when I hit those moments when I was starting to feel lonely, yeah, when I didn't know like who to hang, like who to call, I was like, I need a, I need a reference point to go back to, to go, oh, these are the people I could call. Sure. Because it, it's super easy to look around and go, there's nobody to call. I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna eat Chinese food by myself again or whatever. Because right. that's my, that's my weekend thing, <laughs> um, is to eat Chinese food and watch Netflix. But um, for moments when I don't want to do that, I really did have to literally just make a make a list in my phone of people that I could call when I wanted to hang out with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I eventually deleted that list because it became more natural here. But I think part of it too is like, I, I'm grateful that I had friends in other places and like from, I've moved a lot. And so I've had the opportunity to build relationships in a lot of different cities and different you know seasons of my life. Um, but what I had to do here was I had to be intentional to make friends here because if I was just constantly just trying to go back to those other friends, I was never going to truly be content mm-hmm. here. And, and I've watched some friends really struggle with that because it's hard and it's hard, especially when you have established friends, other places to go, Oh gosh, I've got to start over because 
you know, it's not like looking at your friends you went to high school with or you grew up with or even went to college with who know your family and they know, you know, things about you. And it's just kind of this natural thing because like, you know, my lifelong best friend has known me since the first grade. And so she just knows all the stuff like about my family and about Mm -hmm. my friends. Like she just has experienced all these different stages of life with me, but that's so rare. And so friends that I make now, I have to give them like the speed up quick version of like, let me tell you about my family. Let me tell you where I came from. Like Mm -hmm. all these bits and pieces and fill it in, you know, but if I don't do that, that I'm, I'm missing out, you know, and they're, you know, they're going to miss out too, because, you know, friendships need to change and develop over the years. And even as we've been somewhere for a while, but just don't be afraid. Like Mickey said to act, like ask another, another friend out on a date, like mm-hmm. to just go, Hey, let's, let's put it on the calendar. And that's, that's the other thing I've learned too, is like, I, I am scatterbrained enough that I have to put stuff in my calendar. And I never wanted to be that girl who was like, Oh, let me look and see when I'm free. Right. But it's just that I travel a lot for work and it's yeah. just the thing that works for me. So now I calendar my friends in, but it works and it makes it make sure that we spend time together. And I, you know, when I think about just how about that kind of transition into this new like working girl life, so Mm -hmm. to speak. I mean, one of the things that I remember that was so painful was realizing that some of those friendships had just been friendships for a season. Mm. And that was really painful because I, I really want to be friends with all the people for us. Every, you know, for the rest of my life, oh, you yeah. know, like I just want, um, friendship is super important to me. And mm-hmm. so it was painful, um, to see some of those friendships change and, and, you know, and for some of those people to kind of move on, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense, not that we don't care about each other. And I think that's what I've realized is, you know, it's not a matter of us not caring for each other. It's just that it is impossible to maintain all of your friendships that you've ever had in your whole life, yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> also be investing in new friendships where you are. And, um, and I think, you know, it is possible to maintain some of those close friendships and to continue reaching out to those friends and call them when you're commuting. Commuting is a big phone uh, phone call time for me. Me Um, we both commute, you know, pretty far every day. And, um, and so, you know, we're constantly calling our parents or our friends and, and catching up, you know, but I think that, um, you know, just realizing that it doesn't mean that those friends don't care for you. And it doesn't mean that you're not a good friend. It means that, you, you're moving on to a new season of life and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and you just, I don't know, to just not beat yourself up about that because yeah. some of those will change and some of those people were really important to you for that particular season of your mm-hmm. life and vice versa. Yeah. You know, there was something that God was teaching you through that relationship, but it may not continue on, mm-hmm. you know, and then there are other ones that you will have them in your life and be such a, a you know, a support and encouragement in literally until you're not here anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, mm-hmm. there's some people I know without a doubt. Um, but then there's others that I'm cheering them on yeah. and so excited to hear all about, you know, to see pictures of them having babies and getting married and new jobs and oh, all yeah. that. Um, but then, you know, others, it's just, we're and, still involved. And sometimes it's, it has surprised me who are the ones that have stuck around and mm-hmm. who are the ones that like either them or I've had to let go. Sure. And, you know, because some of those that I had to let go of were people I never would have thought we wouldn't have been in constant contact. And right. then some of the people that have, that have been around, I'm like, well, I never would have thought that we would have still been keeping up so well. And so, you know, just be open to, to the friends that the Lord has for you in every different season of life and just to, to do what you can, but don't beat yourself, like you're saying, don't beat yourself up over it either. 
um, so that you, you know, because healthy, healthy relationships are really important. And I mm-hmm. think especially for us as women, having that community is really important to us. But we've got to make sure that we've got some of that right where we are and not just far away in other places, too, because I think both pieces are equally, equally important. But yeah. if we're not in community where we are, it's going to hurt everything else that we're trying to do. And and I think that kind of leads into something else that we've talked about a good bit, and that's church involvement mm-hmm. and what that looks. And I think our stories have looked different. And we've talked about that. But like, tell, tell everybody a little bit about kind of like how church involvement has um has been influential in all of that for you. Yeah. Well, the way I like to say it is that Mary Margaret did all the right things. And I did. <laughs> that is not, not <laughs> no. entirely true. And but. I did the wrong things, but I, I say that jokingly, but I mean that I was, I remember when um, I had been here a few years um, longer than uh, I, a few years when Mary, Mary, Mary excuse me, whenever Mary <laughs> Margaret um, came to, to live in Nashville. And we, um, you know, I, I was impressed by the way that she just, immediately connected with a church. I mean, she visited a few churches and, you know, got involved, but it was just almost immediate. She had decided like, this is where, you know, I feel like God is, is leading me to get involved. And she just jumped right in. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was so impressive. And I was really kind of envious of it because she was, um, you know, immediately making friends and getting involved, leading a small group. And I just was like, wow, like I've been here several years and I haven't done this. And really I kind of bounced around, you know, there were uh, multiple churches in the, I mean, there are many, many churches in Nashville, Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with this community um, and amazing churches, lots and lots of, of amazing Christians um, throughout the city. But I um, kind of bounced around just a series of of, of reasons why. um, And, you know, was involved to, you know, helping one church with who was launching their kind of singles group at your young professionals group. Um, and then, you know, leading a small group of, of eighth grade girls at another church. And I just kind of bounced around and didn't really commit. Yeah. And I feel like I really missed out. Mm. I missed out because I wasn't, I believe that God's given all of us the ability, um, to lead in our different areas, depending on our giftings. And I feel like I had gifts to offer, you know, a, a body of Christ, but I wasn't really doing it because I was just half heartedly involved, mm-hmm. you know? And I saw then my friend, Mary Margaret, who was really giving of all of those strengths and talents. And, um, I was just, you know, I don't know, that just really made an impression on me. And so I'm happy to say that now I'm getting more involved in a church that now that my uh, family has moved to a city outside of Nashville and trying to figure out exactly what that looks like, but we're just, we're made for that community and oh, we're yeah. made not only just you know, to be part of the community, but to, to use our, of our gifts and our talents to serve. And I know you've really taught me a lot about that, Mary Margaret. Well, and I think it, for me, I had moved so many times by that point because I had moved every year for five years and had had to reestablish some of those things. And granted, some of those experiences for me were working in churches. And so that piece was kind of automatic because I didn't, I didn't have a choice. That was where I was going to go to church, obviously. (laughs) But um, at the same time too, I just knew how much that church community has meant to me personally, to my family. And I just, I knew that I had to be grounded somewhere other than just in my job. And, And I needed to have some point of reference that, you know, was, was just more than what, more than just, you know, friends that I made through other avenues, because I needed a place that I could connect back to and that I could serve and I could, you know, use my gifts, like you were saying, because, you know, if we look at scripture, you know, when it talks about spiritual gifts, they were given to edify the church first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And I think so many of us, you know, and I could do, this could be a whole nother episode. So I'll just say this briefly, but I think so many of us really, we are, we are serving in a whole lot of areas, but we're not serving our church with our gifts. And in our, we, 
and our church are both missing out because mm-hmm. we're not doing our part. Sure. We're not playing our part of the puzzle. And some of you are doing that really well. And for some of us, let me just go ahead and say this. Some of, some of us are going to have to serve in areas that are not our primary gifting in the church um, because that's where the need is. And, and that's just as important as serving somewhere where you're using the things that you are, feel most naturally gifted in. You know, like right now I'm serving, um, rocking babies on Sunday morning. And yet, do I love that? Yes. Is it exercising, you know, what my like strongest gifts are? No, but I, but do I love rocking those babies on Sunday morning? Yeah, I do. I really have enjoyed it. And it's an area where they needed help. And so I said, okay. Um, you know, but as far as getting involved in a church, you know, part of it for me was that somebody personally invited me Mm -hmm. and, um, somebody found out that I had visited because I was that rogue girl. And I think I talked about this in another episode, the one who didn't want to fill out a card, didn't want like somebody to like call or knock on my door on Tuesday night or things like that. And, um, but somebody had found out that I had visited this church and just said, um, they found, they, they knew a girl who was about my age and said, would you reach out to Mary Margaret and invite her to come, come to church, like invite her to, to coffee or something. And so this girl, Meredith emails me one day and I'm like, how in the world did she get my email address? <laughs> Where did this come from? And it took a little tracking down to figure out how she'd gotten it. But she just said, can we meet at Starbucks and have a cup of coffee? And over coffee that day, I realized we had a lot in common. Um, and that she was just, re- she had been kind of in the same position as me a few years prior, had really found a great church home. And at the end of our conversation, just looked at me and said, would you come and sit with me on Sunday morning? Like, Mm -hmm. this is the service I go to. Will you come sit with me? And after that, I never left because somebody looked at me and said, will you come sit? Because it is scary to walk up to to an information desk on a Sunday morning by yourself or, you know, in the way that we do, you know, small groups, home groups, community groups, whatever your church calls them, anything that's off campus during the week that you're showing up to somebody's house. Mm-hmm. all by yourself, like to, to encounter a room of complete strangers. It's terrifying. It, yes. It like, and I, and I, it, like when you really boil it down to it, like it's not supposed to be terrifying, but it slightly is, especially, yeah. you know, I think just in our day and age too, like where, where crazy things happen. I'm like, I'm going to some stranger's house for Bible right. study on Tuesday night. Like, okay, Lord protect me as I go, you know? And so often it just, those things become hurdles to people not wanting to be involved at all or not making the effort to be involved at all. And, you know, but to bring that all back, I would just say like, once I jumped in and just said, okay, this is where I want to be. I just said, how can I serve? What can I do? And the people that I made friends with at church are still my friends now. And Mm -hmm. like, there are still people that I go to and ask questions of and have been, you know, huge spiritual influences in my life over the last few years. And I'm grateful because, you know, was it easy to land in a church? No, but I just, one day I just had to make a decision. I literally just had to decide because, you know, there were a lot of good churches that had a lot of good things and even there was one point last year when I just was kind of having one of those pitiful moments where I felt like the church wasn't meeting my needs. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's that? Oh. I felt like the church wasn't meeting my needs. And so I just decided to wake up and go somewhere else that Sunday. Well, my roommate goes to my church and she actually works there. And so she texts me at like 11 AM and she's like, are you here? I didn't <laughs> see you. And I was like, I've been found out, <laughs> you know, but like a, somebody noticed and B, you know, even though it was my roommate, but somebody noticed that I wasn't there. I realized that going to another church wasn't going to solve any of my problems. Mm-hmm. Like th- that church was is going to have problems of its own. And the church is not meant to meet my needs anyway. Like mm-hmm. that's not the goal of the church. It's for community. It's for the you know, uplifting of others. It's for evangelism. It's for discipleship. It is for the gathering together. You know, like we see in, in the book of Acts um, of other believers to, to do that. And so I just had to realize that those things were crucial. And so like, I just, I was already planted somewhere and there was no good reason for me to leave. Mm-hmm. No good reason. And so, so I stayed and I'm really, I'm looking back on the last year and what the Lord has done in, in, in my church and the, the ways that he is, you know, 
know, given me new opportunities to serve, I'm so grateful that I didn't just jump ship because it would have been really easy. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I've talked to a lot of people, um, you just in kind of a similar season of life, I've seen that a lot of, I think it's pretty common. I mean, we, we hear a lot of times at Lifeway just about the millennials. People talk about the millennials Mm -hmm. and where are the millennials and the churches. And, um, and, and I'm sure that there are many reasons and maybe some of those um, people that are listening today may have their own reasons for why they're not plugged into a church right now. But as Mary Margaret said, we're just missing out. Yeah. We're missing out because something happens when, mm-hmm. when you are, are, are spending time with a body of believers. Like it's just, it sounds so, you know, cheesy to say it, but it rubs off on you. Oh, like, yeah. you know, just being around other people that um, believe what you believe and that can just encourage your faith and you see what God's doing in their lives mm-hmm. and it increases our faith. Well, and you know, one thing I think about was that one, there was a girl who was in my, my first small group here in Nashville. Um, and one day, and she had left at that point to go somewhere like, you know, by the time that you and I ran into her one day at lunch, we were sitting at Chipotle and I look up and I go, Oh, Hey Sarah. And then you look up and you go, Oh, Hey Sarah. And I was like, how do you know her? And you were like, well, she was in my small group at at this other church. Uh And I was like, well, she was in my small group. Well, and then a few months later I get home to my roommate who looks at me and this was my first roommate here in Nashville. And she was at a different church and she goes, Oh, I think, you know, this girl named Sarah, she's in my small group. Yeah, I remember that too. And I was like, "Huh?" You know, and I and and it's like I really she's wanted to know. She's in all the small groups. She's in all the small groups, <laughs> in all the churches. You know, and I think that like that could be anybody. That could right. be any single one of us, but it's like what what was I really wanted to like quiz her after that and go tell me what it is that keeps you moving around like that like tell me what it like what what need isn't being met what thing is what hole is there or whatever that is make this causing you to just jump 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 like that you yeah. know and I think like some of what you said was is some of that too but I would just say you know to to y'all who are listening today if you are not currently plugged into a church just just decide to be somewhere yeah you, and, and plug in to serve because that's how you're going to meet people because I think especially if you're if you're a young person professional if you're single especially if you're single like it's just really tough to just naturally easily meet people in churches sometimes and you just have to put yourself out there just Mm -hmm. like anything else but realize that it's important and it matters that we do it yeah and you know I another thing that I um I think one of the most influential people um that was in my life and is still in my life is someone that I met at church um and that I asked out on a friend date (laughs) and um her name is Andy and I Andy was several years older than me but I just was kind of drawn to her you know I just was I thought she was you know she had a great job and you know I was fresh out of school and she owned her own house and she just was like you know went on trips and she just kind of seemed like she just had everything together Mm -hmm. You know, and I just was like, I think I I want to, to spend time with her. And, um, and so I just asked her, Hey, you want to go to the movies sometime? Mm -hmm. And she said, yes. Um, and I felt like I had a little bit of insight in what men must feel like when they have to ask somebody (laughs) on a date. Um, but we went and we had a great time and it really was the beginning of a wonderful friendship. And, um, we, I started to go to her house every Monday night and we watched the bachelor Mm -hmm. and we'd cook dinner together or eat pizza or something and just have, um, the best time, you know, getting to know each other. And it was her friendship was so valuable to me because I got to watch a woman at the, you know, I was single at the time and she was as well. And I got to watch a woman living her single life. Well, Mm -hmm. and she was involved in church. She was, you know, a leader. She had lots of good friends and she was working hard in her job and, um, you know, was a good employee. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds silly, but just, you know, because we just all think that we're all going to be good employees, but I have some friends that don't put themselves, you know, they don't always do that. They're not, the job is not always super important, but she really was able to balance all of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I was just so impressed by her. And so she was just a few years ahead of me, 
but I felt like I was able to learn so much about what I wanted yeah. from that season of my life and that um, time frame. And so I just, uh, even though she was my friend, she also kind of mentored me, mm-hmm. you know? And so now whenever I am talking to young women, I say, find somebody who's just a little ahead. Yeah. And also find somebody who's a little behind you. Mm-hmm. Like have some younger women that you're pouring into and have someone that's pouring into you too. Yeah. Having people on either side of you, I think makes such a huge difference. Oh yeah. And it's like, it's like the Barnabas and Paul and Paul and yes. Timothy thing of just like we've got to have people that are ahead of us and behind us and and they don't have to be in our same life stage because because life stages are life stages yeah. and like you know it's going to change even if you you know are single into your 30s you know your life is going to look different like mine looks different at 33 sure. now than it did at 22 and so even though you know our lives look different I've got younger women that I invest in. I've got older women who are investing in me. I mean, that doesn't even have to be an age thing. It can just be that they're ahead of you life stage wise. Um, But it's so, it's so crucial. I think to us really diving in and, and, and going deep with people and just, you know, saying, here's where I'm going. And like, it's like, I looked at a girl last week and I said, I'm not trying to sound trite. I said, but everything you're experiencing is normal. Mm -hmm. Like the things that you're feeling the way that like, you just feel kind of lonely that you're just having a hard time plugging in. And, you know, you're trying to just navigate all of these things with, with really working full time for the first time and all this kind of stuff. I said, I said, just know that you are not alone Mm -hmm. and and everything you're experiencing is normal. And I think sometimes we just need somebody to tell us that it's okay. Yeah. Or say me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody else to say me too. Mm-hmm. Because I remember feeling those ways. I remember just going, what in the world have I gotten myself into? Because I was one who wanted to graduate college early yeah, me because too. I was like, I was ready to start my professional life. I was ready to get into a career and like, and I almost graduated a semester early. And then I realized that there were these things called vacation days you'd have to take. And my best friend was getting married in May, like when, you know, would have been the end of my senior year. And I was like, if I take a job now, I'm going to take, have to take vacation days to go to her wedding. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds terrible. And so I took one class my last semester. My parents were gracious and let me work and take one class. And, but it gave me just a little bit more time just to be a college student and to mm-hmm. enjoy that season of life because adulting lasts the rest of your life. It does. The rest. And it's not all bad. There's a whole lot of good things that come with it, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes. Yeah. I, like, I have loved this part of my life. Me too. Me I have too. To. But I do, I mean, I, I'm. it's this weird balance of what you're saying where, you know, we started out talking today saying there is life after college. Yeah. You know, there there is life after college, but also saying if you're still in the middle of college, like, soak it up, mm-hmm. like have, have fun and work hard and invest in other people and those friendships. And, you know, um, but just know that on the other side of that, there is amazing things too. You yeah. know, I remember one time I was, um, I was interning at a church uh, during college. Um, and one summer and I remember driving and I was just having a lot of fear and just mm-hmm. anxiety about the future. And, um, I remember it was, you know, this kind of one of those, uh, just moments you can't forget. I was driving dark and it was very dark. Um, and I was praying and I just was like, Lord, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you have for me. I don't know what your plan is for me. You know, I, I am trying to trust you, but I'm having a hard time. Can mm-hmm. you help me out here? Yeah. Um, and I just remember just thinking he's been faithful my yeah. whole life. Mm-hmm. Why would he not be just as faithful in my future as he's been my whole life. Amen. And I don't know. It was just the weirdest thing because I, from that moment on, like I was just like, okay. Yeah. Like I think he's been faithful like mm-hmm. my whole life. And then I started to think about, Hey, wait a second. He's been faithful in all my friends' lives too. Yeah. And he's been faithful in my parents' lives. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not that we haven't seen trials, you right. know, and not that we haven't experienced pain because there has been pain since that moment yeah. <laughs> with me driving in the car and mm-hmm. there's going to continue to be, you know, times where, 
I'm going to have to turn back to the Lord. But I just remembered, man, he is a faithful God. Like he's got this. And, um, I just, and I think that's what I would say, you know, just to those that are listening today, just that he is a faithful God. And I think about the times and and that he's been faithful. Maybe even jot him down. down. Yeah. We were just looking at each other, jot him down, like write him down and write down those times where you just thought that there was no chance. Yeah. And there he, and he came through. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that is what I've seen him do in my future. And it looks very different than what I would have thought. You know, I remember when I was going to college, everyone was like, oh, you know, Mickey, you're just, you know, all the boys are going to want to date you, (laughs) which is really funny (laughs) now. Things not to say. Yeah, that was, yeah, things not to say to a girl going to school. And I think I just kind of came in thinking like, okay, like I might meet my husband here Mm -hmm. and all that. And, um, you know, and I'm going to graduate and I'm probably going to be, you know, probably making, you know, $60,000 a year when Uh I first get out of school. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, I mean, I think I just thought that, life was going to look a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and, and here I am mm-hmm. and you know, I am now a stepmom, and I live in suburbia and <laughs> I, you know, I mean, things look so different, but, yeah. but God has been so faithful mm-hmm. and all of those questions and those things that I didn't understand before. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the dates that didn't happen and yeah. the jobs that I didn't get and the, you know, all of those things now they make sense. Oh yeah. And it, it really is trusting and knowing that God, that God is faithful and being obedient on a daily basis to whatever it is he's asking, asking you to do that day. You know, it, it really, uh, it makes me think of the book of second Timothy and how in that first chapter, Paul reminds Timothy on so many occasions, he's saying he uses the word remember and remind Mm -hmm. really often in the first, in the first chapter of second Timothy, because he's going, you know, the truth, go back to the things that you've seen, go back to the things that you know, like you God has been faith. Jesus you know, is who he says he is. God has been faithful to you. You know the truth to proclaim, so go do it. And I think for some of us, we need other people in our lives. And I think you and I have been that for each other mm-hmm. of just going, God has been faithful. Like, let's look at these things. I can start, if I were yeah. just looking at you and these microphones weren't on, I could make a list of right. the ways that I've seen God be faithful to you. And I know that you could do the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we need community. We need other women in our lives to be just those anchors for us when we can't hold ourselves up to be the ones who will look at us and go, let me remind you of some truth. Mm -hmm. Let me remind you of who God is and what he's done in your life and how he has moved and changed and done what only he can do. And so much of that comes just with our day-to-day obedience, with mm-hmm. what, being in his word every single day, with mm-hmm. with engaging with him that way, because those are the things that root us and ground us. And if we throw those things to the side for whatever reason, because we're too busy, then then we're the ones that are going to miss out on God doing everything it is that he could and would do through us if we would just be obedient. Yeah. Well, and you were just saying for people to speak truth. I mean, really, you can coin the term and say those are truth tellers. Yeah. Like you need some truth tellers in your life. Mm -hmm. And I remember a friend of mine used to use that phrase a lot. And I think, you know, I mean, it is so true that we need people to be a truth teller. But how can I be a truth teller if I'm not walking in relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Like, how can I be a truth teller to you, Mary Margaret, if I don't have my own relationship with the Lord? It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. And sometimes, you know, I, I know Bebo Norman has the song called borrow mine. Mm. If you've ever heard it. And he talks about, you know, how you can borrow mine when your faith is gone. Yeah. You can borrow mine when your strength is gone. And that's part of being in community and, and being, you know, part of, um, a, you know, a body, the part of the body of Christ is having that, yep. um, is being able to borrow that from each other mm-hmm. at times when you don't feel it. But it's like, in order for me to be that truth teller in your life, I need to have my own relationship with the Lord. I can't just be getting it only from Mary Margaret. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, and we have, 
you know, done a lot of life together over the last few years. And it's just been fun just to see how the Lord has molded and shaped each of us. And our, our lives look different now than they did five years ago when we sure first went, when I, when you first walked into my office in your cute yellow skirt and told me you wanted to <laughs> hang out with me. And I was so thankful for that. Um, you know, but I hope that you guys today, as you have heard and listened, you know, honestly, we did not get to half of the things on our list. So there may have to be a, a part B to um, Mickey and Mary Margaret's unsolicited advice for <laughs> young adult women, or just for those of you who are listening, who have been through some of this, just to go, yep. And just to be reminded of the fact that God is faithful, that he um, is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his people. Um, and that we just have to engage with him on a daily basis. And yeah. we have to have our eyes open and up and be looking around for opportunities that we could miss otherwise. And, um, and just to, to enjoy right where we are. And my mom used to say that to me all the time. She's like, Mary Margaret, you will never be exactly where you are again. And so just look around and enjoy every bit of it because it's never going to look just like this. And so I've really tried to just enjoy the the different life seasons, the different places he's had me, the different things that he's called me out to do, knowing that like they only last for a, a short period of time. And so today, you know, in a sense, we've talked about a whole lot of things that we've both been marked by. We've talked about mm-hmm. a lot of different life experiences and things. And I hope that, that you guys are encouraged just as you listen and and honestly, I think that Bible study I mentioned at the top, discerning the voice of God, if you were struggling with some of these things, it would be such a great resource for you to dive into. And just to, um, that's one of the top questions I think that I hear young women say all the time is how do I know that it's the Lord? How do yes. I know that it's him speaking, that it's him directing me? And that is, that is such a great resource for you, um, to go to by Priscilla Shire. And I hope that you guys will dive in. Um, well, thanks Mickey. Thank you so much just yeah, for, for making this fun little idea come true. And just for sitting across the table for me today and just sharing about what God has done in and through your life. I know it's impacted you know a lot of other people because you've just been willing to share your story. And that's what I'm going to leave you with one last thing. Um, for some of you who, you know, maybe you're past this, you're not a young adult anymore. If you've done some life is share your story, mm-hmm. tell your story with some, some women who may be, they may look like they've got it all together and, and on the inside they're falling apart because they yeah. just need somebody to say, I've been there too. And just to, to listen. So many of us, it's so easy to talk and not to listen. So just share your story and listen to those women and just engage where the Lord has you. And don't be afraid to ask a girl out on a friend day and go to lunch, go to the movies, go to coffee, whatever it looks like, but be, be the brave one today. Um, and so I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and we will see you guys again back here soon on the March podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.